1: When you're listening to this, you're actually hearing this at the New Year. So, uh, Happy New Year. Um, But for us, we still got a couple days left of 2021, uh, if we can make it through. Um, And we are here to finish our 2021 year and our last theme, which is Through the Cracks. Uh, Corey had the last pick, which I guess will always happen the way the years work. Um, So, uh, her pick for Through the Cracks is My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To um obviously from this year because that's what the whole theme is about i guess uh we'll be getting to our review of it in a little bit but before we do that we like to catch up with how we've been and what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded Corey, how's it going
0: snow apocalypse
1: snow apocalypse
0: yeah it's real bad guys yeah so just trying to stay warm I mean, my house is warm, but sometimes you got to go outside, you know?
1: Yeah. It's I mean, it's so, it's so weird um, because I, it's so hot here. Like, I was like, I walked the dogs at like four o'clock today and had like sweat rolling down my back, which made me very uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, I'm like, you're sending me pictures of like very thick looking snow. Yeah. And I'm like, wearing sandals and like shorts, like going out <laughs> to like, you know, do errands. Uh, Now, for New Year's Eve uh, tomorrow, do you have any plans?
0: Uh, You know, I just, no. Maybe, you know, just do some stuff around the house. I'll probably be awake too late, later than I want to be, because I'm 87 years old. But all my neighbors will probably be doing fireworks. I'm actually surprised they didn't start doing them today. That is not a challenge to be accepted, neighbors. But, (laughs) you know, like, they like to, like, really party it up around where I am, you know, for, like, a week. A few days before, a few days after. They like to oh, yeah. really have a good time.
1: We are, um, it's just the four of us, you know, it's me, me, and my wife, and my daughter, and uh, Dylan, my daughter's boyfriend. Um, but, like, in the past, we always would buy, like, the frozen, like, um, appetizers, you know, like mozzarella sticks and jalapeno poppers. Mm. And,
0: oh. um,
1: and I'm trying to be, I, I'm, like... In the past, my idea was like, "Oh, we'll eat bad on New Year's Eve, but New Year's Day we'll jump right in." I have decided to not wait for New Year's Day to like resume like the the weight loss and health uh, healthy eating. Um, so I was like looking at stuff today, like trying to find like what what can I do instead of buying all the frozen stuff. Um, so I'm making an assortment of like pinwheel type stuff. Like, oh, yeah. um, I I bought um uh, like to, like carb low uh, or low carbs. I said it oddly Yoda like. Um, low carb, uh, tor- like tortillas or wraps to do. You know, like um, I'm gonna do like a BLT wrap. So bacon, lettuce, tomato, roll it up in these l- low carb. Cut them in circles. Um, I am gonna make a uh, homemade pizza rolls. So like I bought the pizza dough, um, from Pillsbury, which that one's obviously not low carb, but nevertheless, I bought the thin crust. So I figured, hey, you know that'll work. Um, and a roll. You know, put cheese and pepperoni, roll it up, put it in our oven. We got a pizza stone, um, for, for as a Christmas present, um. That's it, sits on like the bottom rack of our oven and like is pretty awesome. So, I'm looking forward to actually putting like something pizza like on it. I've done garlic bread on it, but I haven't done pizza bread, a pizza on it yet. Um, so making that, and then uh, I'm doing um, in the crescent roll stuff, I'm making uh, crescent Cubans is what I'm calling it. So, I just it's really just ham, Swiss, and pickle. Um, because I didn't want to do like the whole pulled pork thing for this. Um, but like I'm gonna roll it up in the crescent and cook it like that, and then have like a little mustard dipping sauce. And then just, like, you know, turkey or ham, like, other tortilla-carved stuff. And then veggie tray. We've got, like, broccoli and cauliflower and cucumbers with some ranch dip. Uh, so, like, keeping it mostly healthy but fun, healthy. You know, like, cause the pizza rolls are – are it's pizza. Pizza is inherently not healthy. But uh, instead of buying, like, the Tostino's pizza rolls, I'm making, like, an actual, like, pizza roll-up, I guess is a better name for it. But It all
0: sounds delicious. I'm, I'm pretty hyped for
1: it. I think it's gonna be and I was surprised like everyone was like super excited about it. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I'm glad I I never thought to do pinwheels. But it's such a simple idea. And it's it's easy. And it, it like, if you don't eat them all tomorrow, it's they're still good the next day kind of thing. You know, like, unlike frozen appetizers, if you don't eat them, they kind of are horrible. Because they get hard and like not you can't really reheat them in a good way. Um, Obviously, you don't have to make all of them. But You know, in the past, that's pretty much what we would do is just dump them all in the air fryer. Here we go. Um, So, yeah, that's what we're doing tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Got all of it purchased. I spent way too much money doing a lot of it, though, um, because you're like, I'm going to end up with like way too much because there still isn't there's only four of us. But I figure it'll be like lunch and dinner kind of thing. I'll start making them early in the day and then people can we can just kind of eat throughout the day um, until midnight.
0: I'm not doing anything special food wise.
1: Really? It's, but it's New Year's. You
0: it's know. like, it's
1: appetizer day.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love, I think that should be a holiday all in itself, you know, something separate to be celebrated.
1: <laughs> oh, I like it, but you know, I get it. I get it. It's, it is, it's odd to celebrate, um, I mean, tomorrow's gonna be weird because I don't know if any of like the traditional New Year shows are still gonna be on or if they are on, if they're gonna just be uh, like in a studio, like controlled. I know they've canceled a lot of like the Times Square stuff and things like that because you know, COVID's running wild right now. Um, again, so who knows? But uh, anything else worth noting from this week?
0: Mm, no. We celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve with our family and then vegged all weekend. Well, most of the weekend. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, we, we, uh, same. Um, sorry, I, I forgot we recorded before Christmas. Uh, um, you know, I, I got, uh, Kathy got me pots and pans, like a new, uh, Gotham steel pots and pans. What? And yeah, and I was like super stoked, uh, cause I had, I think I'd said like in the last month that I'm like I really want to get new pots and pants because ours were getting kind of damaged and they were they've they were good but they they've lasted a while. Um and so I was very, very pleased to open that. Um, I got a bunch of shirts too uh, from Kathy, so um I'm wearing one of them right now, new Bruce Lee shirt. But But it was a good Christmas. We opened um whew, excuse me, we opened a lot of our stuff. Uh, on we opened everything on Christmas Eve because sailors, you know, getting all grown and everything, so yeah, oh, um, it is crazy. But, um, I did, uh, I ventured out, um, pretty far on Christmas Eve, uh, to see a movie because it wasn't playing locally, so I had to drive an hour. But, um, because of the uh, Critics Association of Central Florida that I am a member of, I had to have seen. Any movie that I was going to vote on our awards um, by Christmas Eve, like I could watch it on Christmas Eve, but anything after that, if I watch it after, I can't vote for it. So I really wanted to see Licorice Pizza, which we're going to just transition into what we've been watching. Um, I'll go ahead and go first, uh, since I kind of backdoored myself into it. Um, So I drove the hour to go see Licorice Pizza. That's the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I love that movie so much. I am so glad that I went and saw it because it definitely got some of my uh some of the votes we got it earned. Um and it was worth the drive. Uh I I love the movie so much. I really hope it comes local because I want to see it again if possible. I'm definitely gonna buy that one. Um, it just it's man, what a movie. Um but since we're on to what we've been watching, uh I also watched the new Adam McKay movie that dropped on Netflix on Christmas Eve, don't look up with uh Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence Jonah Hill Meryl Streep um I'm forgetting people but it's a huge cast um Cape, no it's not Cape. yeah no Cape Blanchett's in it um it's uh, the cast is nuts but uh it's getting a lot of hate um online I don't hate it I don't think it's you know I don't think it's like my favorite movie of the year by any means but I thought it was very entertaining and I thought the performances were really good I actually often don't like Jennifer Lawrence and I really like her in yeah. this movie um because uh the apparently the role was written for her and that's what I think needs to happen I think the filmmaker needs to kind of know her strengths and if you write to her strengths I think she's great if you try to put her in a position where she's not as good which is anytime she has to be sad in my opinion not great at it um she just doesn't bring a lot to the table but I got home from licorice pizza about seven o'clock. It was Christmas Eve. So I felt bad being that late, but uh, it was the only way I could see it. Um, and uh, so after we got home, uh, we we ate dinner and then we um, watched a Christmas story and opened presents. Um, so it was a rewatch for me. Uh, I've seen a Christmas story a few times. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, probably way too. This was the first year in a long time where I didn't just have it on repeat though. Normally oh, Christmas thanks. Eve It's just on loop because it's like TNT and TBS always show it in a loop. Um, And I I just don't change the channel. Uh, But we don't have TV anymore. So I own it and we just watched it on Vudu. But uh, I only watched it once. And I was like, all right, I guess that's just what I'm going to do this year. Um, And then I took a break from movies, Corey, because uh, Licorice Pizza was my 400th movie. I saw that. 2021. And so I was like, uh, I watched A Christmas Story. So technically, that was 401. Um, but I didn't watch any movies on Christmas Day. I didn't watch what? any movies on, on Sunday. What did you do? Uh, Christmas Day, I, I hung out with Kathy. Technically, there was some stuff on, like, the TV that I was, quote, unquote, watching. But I wasn't watching it. Like, it was, like, the Hallmark Christmas stuff. But I just I sat with Kathy, did stuff on the computer. Um, I did end up watching some TV, though. Um, I've been meaning to watch this for a couple months, but I finally got to Ted Lasso Season 2. I watched all of that in two days. I love that show so much. Um, I was a big fan of Season 1 long before it became the big show. And uh, I highly recommend Ted Lasso, though. If if anyone out there hasn't watched it yet, it's really great. Jason Sudeikis is is so phenomenal, but the whole cast is excellent. Um, I I watched that. um, I finished Hawkeye. I think I had finished Hawkeye before we recorded uh, last week. So that probably has already been spoke about. And I watched uh book of Boba Fett episode one this week, um, but I did watch our movie on the, tw- on the 28th, which I what was that Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. Um, but then uh, that got me back into some movies. So uh, yesterday um, I watched the newest film from the director of portrait of a lady on fire, which is currently yeah. not, available for most people to see but i have a screener um for your consideration it's called petite maman uh do not look this movie up but do because i i think it's best if you don't know anything about it
0: when does Um, it come out uh, i
1: i've heard february um officially it had a i think a telluride release uh at a film festival and um and then a Neon, it is It is a 2021 film technically, so it is like up for awards and stuff. So that's, I had access to it through uh, the Neon screeners. Um, but I'd heard about it from Patrick Willem, who's a uh, YouTube film critic. And he was uh, raving about it on the Filmcast this week. And I was like, oh, I really want to check that out. I wonder if I have it. And I did. So I was like, cool, I'm going to watch this. Um, love this movie. Uh, it you, it did, did make me cry.
0: Can you text me the name? because I can yes. google but I was just told not to.
1: Fair. Um, it's also it is uh hard to do uh name wise I think. Um I'm sorry. I'm like guys, brain dead here.
0: I love Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yes.
1: I actually need to watch some of the director's other films. Um and I didn't realize how many she had but after watching uh Petite Maman ah, Thank you. Um I am all about it. Uh this movie was excellent. Very very cool. Um, again, I think listeners, the less, you know, the better. I knew very little going in. Even I decided partway through to translate what petite Maman meant. Um, and I immediately was like, dang, I wish I hadn't done that. Cause I think I figured out part of the plot. Um, so yeah. just okay. remember the name. If you happen Maybe to speak that. French, you already have something, but, um, all right. Uh, and then today, um, I was at Walgreens and, uh, big tuna text me it was like add old henry to your watch list and i'm like okay uh what's that it's a western um with that stars tim blake nelson who i'm always a big big fan of and uh, uh also has steven dorf in it right um and it's a western from this year and he's i was like well how'd you see it he's like i bought it from Redbox uh for six bucks like he like outright bought it like on blue on dvd for six bucks or whatever I was like, "Oh, cool. I'm actually at Walgreens. I'll see if the, the red box has it." They did. I bought it. Um so I came home and watched it uh and man, I like westerns. I've really grown to like westerns over the last couple of years. I especially like I tend to like the modern westerns because they have the kind of revisionist uh they're not idolizing the the, the outlaws or the cowboys. They're it's often very much more of an uh like a negative look on the the old west and how people how lawless it was and this is a a not inherently that but it's very much in that that vein and um it's just 90 minutes uh really cool performances some awesome set pieces and um man tim blake nelson's just crushing it but yeah it really worked um i don't want to say much else about it because i don't want to spoil anything but i i really really like this a lot um, very glad I followed up so quickly as Tuna was like, that's like the fastest you've ever taken one of my recommendations. i was like, it was just weird timing that I was sitting at Walgreens when you texted me. And I was like, Well, yeah, let's see if I got if they have it. I'll just buy it. And then I was buying it. And it was like, if you buy one more movie, we'll give you a two dollars off. So I was like, well, let me see what you got. Red box and I, I bought Cruella on Blu-ray for two dollars like I, li- I only had to pay two bucks to get Cruella on Blu-ray, um, which I really liked this year, so I was like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll add that, that to the list movie. um surprisingly good movie like I great. had very low expectations for that movie, and it was really great um but yeah, so uh, that's what I've been watching, all the movies and all the shows. um what about you, Corey?
0: Okay, so out of left field. Bill's like, hey, we should watch Nightmare Before Christmas. So we did. Ah. It had been a long time, guys. Um, We watched The Matrix one through three. Ooh. Then I watched Animatrix. And then on Christmas, so we did um, all of that, like, Chris, mm, the day after Christmas. I think okay. we watched all three of those. Because on Monday, we went to see the new Matrix Resurrections. Uh-huh. I really liked that one.
1: Oh, great. Okay. So You're, you're one of the few.
0: <laughs> well, unpopular opinion. And I don't want your hate mail. Don't at me. I don't really care. But so. So you can like those movies and they can be fun. But I don't think that any of us think that they're like wonderful movies. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know a better way to say this, but it's like one-liners, awkwardly placed humor, like, you know, not the best acting always. Like, I love Keanu, but you know what I mean? Are talking about
1: the first film?
0: We're talking about all of them. Okay. I'm no, talking about all of them.
1: The first film is a masterpiece.
0: It's a good movie. It's a, it's a good movie, but I'm not going to say that. And it's... <sighs> yeah, so anyway, I don't... We don't agree on this. I like it. I enjoyed watching it, and all of this. Here's something that happens. I, Bill, and I just went and saw that movie. I don't even remember how long ago. How long has The Matrix been out?
1: The Resurrections.
0: No, the first one. Oh. Is it ninety nine?
1: It is ninety nine.
0: So I'm pretty sure we went to see it for the twentieth anniversary because they rescreened it in theaters. Bill really likes the first Matrix.
1: Yeah, it's a masterpiece.
0: The second and third one just... I don't know. I was really surprised that there weren't unnecessary nips in this one. <laughs> it's like, in all three of the first ones... Sorry, that's a little inappropriate. But maybe it's a sign of the times? Bill and I were talking about this. I don't really know.
1: There's, there's no nudity in the Matrix.
0: There are... I think it's the first one... I can't remember her name, but the blonde lady, she's wearing, yep, she's wearing a fishnet shirt under a blazer, boobs out. Really? I'm like, that is not how you go to meet and fight bad guys, I didn't think.
1: Well, it's very stylistic, and that character is really interesting because the name Switch in the original screenplay was supposed to be male in the real world and female in the Matrix because of the- which especially when you consider the witch like i've taught the matrix so i, I know probably She's way very too much
0: androgynous like right it's that's just... the
1: best of the, the studio wouldn't let them do it the other way so they went for androgynous
0: oh. oh interesting i didn't know that um and then in the second one i think it is they're at the rave and they're just like it's not like full nudity Okay,
1: yeah but, that's the but orgy at the rave
0: yeah. yeah and then in the third one there are some weird things too but in this one there wasn't and also like i said i haven't seen the animatrix which bill and bill looked into that and he's like oh yeah it's accepted as canon and i was like i don't have it in me to watch a fourth one so um
1: most most fans the first one is is gold animatrix is usually put second i have only seen the animatrix once and i'm not a big fan of to be when i saw it i definitely was not a fan of short anthology type stuff because that's what it is it's several shorts um that kind of fill in gaps um there's also a mmo that lasted for like six or seven years that uh stuff that happened in the story of the mmo is canon to the overall story um which is why like certain characters are not present in the resurrections in the same way they were in the other movies because they died or something happened to them in the mmo story Um, the Wachowskis had their hand in all of that. Uh, again, this is a franchise that I am a, I know way too much about. Um, I've, I've not only taught the matrix, but, uh, I listened to all of the blank check podcast episodes about the matrix and, and the Wachowskis in general. Um, and, uh, David Sims, who is one of the hosts of the blank check podcast, huge, huge supporter of, um, the Wachowski's work and a a staunch defender of the the second and third movie, which is a lot of people hate on the second and third movie. I like a lot of the second movie. Um, The third movie, there's a lot that I can't get past, but overall I like enough of it that I still, uh, I applaud it. And more importantly, I really applaud what the Wachowskis have done with all of their movies. Even if I don't inherently like them all, they make blockbuster movies that, are not for everybody and most filmmakers don't get to do that. You know, if you're making a big budget blockbuster, the studio wants it to be accessible to everybody. And I love that somehow the Wachowskis have multiple times made big blockbusters that are for their audience and like they're okay if people don't like it. And that's Resurrections. I mean, if you look at the reviews, there are people like myself and our friend Brendan and my friend David and Big Tuna who love it and then there's Matt pretty much didn't like it um you know the slash film cast or they're just the film cast now uh four people reviewed it this week two of them liked it two of them hated it but even the people that are hating it there's still things they have to acknowledge are excellent um because there is stuff in it that's great regardless of your, your your overall take on the movie but um and it i don't know i am a big fan sorry i didn't mean to take away your uh your conversation but you sparked a thing that I'm passionate about. So
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. Um I don't know how to verbalize what I'm trying to say about the movies, but there it is. You, well,
1: they're dumb boy movies, I think is what you're trying to say. Like they because there's like the one liners the action um those are all in the forefront of of the film. Uh, no, in in a way that I think normally I think it would be correct. I think the the layers of that you could pull back and really dive deep into the, the philosophies. And, um, and again, the, the Wachowskis, like when you look at the the first movies, they are billed as the Wachowski brothers, but now they are the Wachowski sisters. And, you know, like when you have that lens to reevaluate those movies, there's a lot of interest there. And part of resurrections, which is, I found to be really cool is, Lana taking back the movie because a lot of the interpretations of the matrix have been misappropriated by some negative groups on the internet. Um, Like the whole red pill, blue pill thing is there's a lot of dark areas where people have misread what Lana and Lily were originally saying. Um, And so the resurrections addresses that in some funny ways, but it's also some of those addressing of that is what people didn't like the meta commentary and stuff. But for me, it worked.
0: I enjoyed it. Um, although it still had like some of those elements in it, like the cheesy, not as bad, but some of like the one lines and stuff. And the people around me were like giving commentary that I didn't really care to hear. And I'm like, did you watch the other ones? Because this shouldn't be surprising to you at all. You know, just people who like to act like the smart, the smart guy or the smart girl at the movie. And it's like, I don't really... You know, care what you have to say, be quiet, talk about it after the movie. Um, and then we did see on Christmas Nightmare Alley. Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: that movie was not for me. Sorry, Germo. Oh. Sorry, Germo. And I'm usually I'm usually a fan. And I'll be quick, but also probably not a popular opinion. But I think his best movie is Crimson Peak. It's my favorite one. There we are. Um and then I watched so I was kinda behind because A while ago, I think, they came out with the PIN 15 animated animated special. I think it was around a holiday or something. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what's going on. But I watched that, and then I watched all of season two, part two. And I don't know where I've been, because I didn't realize that the series was ending. What show is this? PIN 15 on Hulu, which I love a lot. I love it so much, so I'm just going to watch it again. But I just... I love how they tackle, like important hard things you know like that it doesn't seem like a show like that would maybe tackle or discuss and it just all seems so natural and also we're about the same age i am pretty sure so seeing them go through their awkward seventh and eighth grade or whatever grades they're in i'm like oh my god i was there um yeah so that's what i've been watching
1: well um i i'm gonna I guess I'll just let the Guillermo the stuff slide. I really loved Nightmare Alley, um, the original from 1947.
0: Uh, I wish I would have had time to watch that.
1: Oh, I, you did buy it, right?
0: Yeah, I bought it. I just didn't have time because we watched 47 Matrix movies, you I know? Mean,
1: word. Uh, I, so I I think having seen the original, which again, he my understanding is he was not trying to remake the movie as much as he was adapting the book um he does some things i think that are unnecessary in his adaptation but i knew where the story was going because i'd seen the old one and i think that really helped me i think there's a few relationship things that are much better done in the old book or sorry the old movie um but i thought bradley cooper was fantastic and i also thought kate blanchett I think it was all very good um but i, I was into it but um it, it does seem like that i am in the minority and i do wonder if my Recent viewing of the original helped me to like be on board with the whole thing he was doing. Um, and I don't know obviously because, but it seems like no one else knew about that movie, like, none, no one else that I've talked to has seen the old one. So, um, even people who knew about it hadn't seen it. So, I feel like I had a, a big advantage in that regard, but um, and also Pan's Labyrinth isn't like above Crimson Peak. Like,
0: I like Pan's Labyrinth, but as far as rewatchability. And one that I go back to and that's actually a comfort movie for me, it's Crimson Peak
1: 100%. I, I have not watched it since I saw it in the theater, but, um, Oh, I, and I, that, that's true of a lot of movies. I don't, I don't, I'm always, I always feel like I should watch something I've never seen before because that's how I see so much. Um, but, uh, I, I've seen Shape of Water a couple of times. I really like Shape of Water a lot, actually. Um, I know a lot of people have issues with that for like, Understandable reasons, except I will I will always throw Beauty and the Beast at anybody who argues with me about um, the weirdness of Shape of Water. Like Beauty and the Beast is the same; they just don't show it. Um, anywho, uh, let's get to our movie of the week that you picked. My heart can't beat unless you tell it to. One of the longest titles I think to ever be on Movie Club podcast. I will have to probably abbreviate that for the the episode name. Um, it is. Uh, listed as a 2020 movie, but it is a official 2021 movie. It just was it probably at a festival or something in 2020. Um, uh, directed by Jonathan Cortes Cortas Quartas Um who's not directed much else. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, he's not directed anything else uh, except for a couple of shorts. Um, he's edited some things. Um, the movie stars Patrick Fugit. Who you might know from uh almost famous man i totally blanked on that for half a second um ingrid sophie Schrom, owen campbell um who's in a really terrible movie that he's not the lead in that i saw several years ago at florida film festival what? um and, and then super pretty dark much times? what is it
0: is it super dark times
1: no he's in um he's like not in the lead at all but it's called uh strange ones oh yeah, it's not good. I don't recommend anybody watch that. Um, big tune and I saw that at the Florida Film Festival, and a dude in a Q and A, immediate like tune and I were like barely made it through the movie. We were both like, like physically agitated, and um, oh, no. there was a Q and A afterwards, and the, the the dude that walked up first was just like, this movie's so important, and tune and I, I think like audibly were like, what? and like because we're just like, are you kidding? Like, important? It's barely comprehensible. Anyways, um, this guy, he's got a credit on it, but he he's like fifth or sixth build, so he must have been a kid passing by kind of thing. Um, and everyone else on the the cast list for this movie is basically not in the movie very much. I guess Judah Bateman deserves a little bit of time, and Moses L. Tavar, um, me- and Katie Preston, fine. But everybody else mostly is just like passing through kind of thing.
0: I mean, someone's as scrawny guy. That's what he's spelled as.
1: Yep. Scrawny guy. Can't go wrong with scrawny guy. Um, but yeah, so this, the synopsis reads... Hold on. I want to make sure it's not spoilerish because some of these synopses are getting really bad about that.
0: It's not.
1: It's not. Two mysterious siblings find themselves at odds over care for their frail and sickly younger brother has a 70 meta score a 6.1 imdb user score um cory uh you picked it um i guess first question is what what brought you to this movie and then uh what did you think
0: um so always trying to find ways to work horror into our themes what um <laughs> i patrick Fug- fugit I was yep. like I don't know how to pronounce his name. So I meant to like YouTube it and then I didn't because I had chores to do. But um I I don't think I haven't really seen him in a lot. So I you know, was kind of excited about that. And then um it sounded interesting and I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? Yeah. Guys, it is the optimum optimum optimal runtime as well 1 hour and 30 minutes
1: yep yep which has been a big issue i've i've been complaining about with the 2021 movies is so many of them are bloated in over 2 hours um like why uh this one is not um the ones that we've
0: been picking or just the ones you've been watching in general
1: i've watched 125 so that um the ones that i've watched this year from 2021 are majority very long um more so than in the past or at least it feels that way i've not done any actual stats on that but i just kept noticing especially the big blockbusters like spider-man no way home is over two hours um uh, uh house of gucci was over two hours um uh, uh, nightmare alleys two and a half hours the original is like an hour and 47 minutes
0: i was and, wondering about that
1: i'm like hey Del Toro, how did you add 35 minutes to this movie like and and honestly i it don't know how down. there isn't anything extra there's actually stuff missing from the original so i'm like i'm like what did you add to make this so long um there is one thing he does add that but, but it's not that much it's not in the movie that much, so I'm like i that can't be why it's an extra forty minutes anyways, um so this movie's more of a family drama than a horror movie, yeah. um, and it's a slow burn, which I am not opposed to. I didn't like this movie uh no i I was more like one, I thought Owen Campbell looked like the lost Colkin brother and
0: I thought he. I was like, "What?"
1: He kind of looks like Rory. He looks more like Rory Culkin than anybody. Yeah. Else. But I would have preferred Rory Culkin. Um. I thought Owen Campbell didn't do a great job. <gasps> oh, I liked him. I. Uh, you know what? I've read a bunch of reviews because I was just kind of like agitated. So Big Tuna also didn't really like this movie. Like, in fact, his wording was hated it. Um. I don't hate it. Uh. I don't think it's a bad movie. I thought some of the performance at times was uneven. Like, I thought Fugit was bad in a couple of scenes. I thought he was good in some scenes, but there were a few scenes where I am just like, this seems like a really, like, uncomfortable It doesn't know what to do. I, I, there's a lot to, like, point out. I think there are just better versions of this movie that are maybe a little, that maybe lean into the horror a little bit more. Like, I feel like this movie's not willing to commit to what it's implying at times, like it's like, is it this? Who knows? And I'm like, well, but I would prefer to know. I would, I would rather know um, than you act like it's a mystery. Because like, it, I don't know. There's a, I'll get into it in spoilers because there's a lot of stuff that I feel like this the movie's intentionally doesn't want to yes. outright say what it's trying to be. And I, I, I'm all I love horror as allegory. I love horror as metaphor. I think that's the best use of this genre. But man, I just, I was just like, all right, cool. I, I don't, I don't know. Like nothing about this pulled me in. Um, There were some interesting things in it that again, that's why I don't hate this movie because I don't think it's, um. but there is like, maybe it's a little too indie. Like it feels a little like, I don't know, maybe a little hipster-ish at, in its mumblecore kind right of up. aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> It is, and again, I don't. I don't dislike this movie. I don't think it's a bad, but a lot of the stuff that it, uh, out of here. But I like Mumblecore. Like that's the thing. There's several Mumblecore movies that I do like. There's also several that I'm just like I don't. I don't like this movie, and that might be why. But again, I like. I like the. Uh, is it? Well, I can't think of their names. The Dupont. It's not Dupont. What is their name? The, the they did uh the, now I gotta look him up because I'm gonna go nuts if I don't remember his name. Um, god, I can't even think of this stupid movie now. What's the. There's a horror movie where, like, the guy. Oh my god, my brain is just failing me miserably. This is stuff I usually can pull up with no issue. Oh well, if I remember, I'll look it up. But they are two. Du- Dupas. The Dupas brothers. Oh. Uh, oh. I think that's their name. Dupas? Dupas. Du- that's it. Yes, Mark Dupas. Creep. That was the horror movie I couldn't think of.
0: Um, Doesn't that have Elizabeth Moss in it? There, Creep? One of his no. movies, I think, has Elizabeth Moss yes, in it. Yes, the
1: one I love is uh, definitely her. I'm looking at a picture of her. I've not seen that one, though. But, like, Safety's Not Guaranteed has Aubrey Plaza in him. I like that movie a whole lot. Creep is very, very good. Creep 2 is solid, but not as good as Creep. Um, and uh, like that's They're kind of credited as the Mumblecore like, founders, in a way. Uh, Mark and uh his brother i think is james or jacob something um anywho i i like a lot of their stuff i don't love all of it but i like a lot of it so i'm not opposed to the genre but there is a lot of the knockoff or uh spin-off movies aren't as good or they feel they feel very you know intentionally that and i don't know this it for me i was more like please end um even with the short runtime, i was like i'm i'm so ready for this to be over wow um, it, it might have, it could be the mood. This is the first movie I'd watched since, uh, I mean, technically a Christmas story, but really like licorice pizza. Um, I just watched Ted Lasso, which is a very hopeful, optimistic series. And this is a very kind of downer, like everything kind of sucks, um, approach to things. And then again, I thought there were some cool ideas. I didn't think the execution was always great. Um, and I will, again, spoilers, I will get into some, some, uh, Not just this movie, but a trope in this type of movie that drives me crazy. Um so uh I think that's the key. Let's get into spoilers.
0: Guys, from here on out we are gonna talk about this movie in great detail, you have been warned. So didn't so didn't we we bought this, but now I think it's streaming on shutter, just so it's not like
1: everything. It's on shutter. It's on Amazon Prime. why does that
0: happen to us? I
1: we the worst luck. Uh, and I guess good luck for listeners though, because they have easy access in to the it.
0: Universe, yeah. Uh,
1: bad for me because I own this now, and I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Um, but uh, yeah, it's on all these services. Like right after we bought it too. It was like literally like oh, if we'd waited.
0: Till the we week never, we were watching it. Know yeah. what to do though, because sometimes they're on sale. You know, right? And it's like exactly.
1: If you, you don't know. buy it, then you have to spend more money or you have to $20. rent it. And it's logistics yeah. of like the rentals and stuff. Yeah. But okay. So the the big conceit of this movie is that he's a vampire, but not because it's the real world. Thanks. Well, yeah. Which other vampire movies have done that, right? So the movie that immediately made this made me think of is Let the Right Ones In and or um uh Let Me In. Yeah, man. 'Cause Let the Right One In is the official, the original Swedish movie. Let me in is so the American good. remake. I like both. Um, yeah. I definitely prefer the Swedish.
0: It's way better. But yeah, I it's mean way like, better. I do like Richard Jenkins and, and Chloe Cody Schmidt Yeah. I like the cast, but I much prefer
1: and the original. This movie. movie is basically what if we follow Richard Jenkins' character around only? And we were like really centered oh on his God. Role, um, right, like of him going and getting the blood for the the sick vampire. And what if the vampire was actually really sickly and lame and not cool at all? He that's has nothing thing. fun. Nothing he has, and not only that, he's like an invalid too. Like he can't move very well. It's not like he's like just he has the normal vampire. Like he, we see him get severely burned by the sun for like a a few seconds. He has to drink blood, but he's not. He, on but he's like frail right yeah. like he's fra- frail and he can't really walk so like he doesn't get any of the powers that vampires traditionally get so
0: i mean thank god
1: well i guess but it makes for a pretty boring movie because he can't do anything like the kid is it's like it's almost like what if a cancer patient instead of chemo just needed human blood because that's what you're dealing with here is like someone who's so sickly and frail that they they're taking care of him not out of like because that's richard jenkins character and i'm gonna use him because i know his name like like that where i don't know the other actor's name he he is one technically in love with the vampire or at least he was when he was a child now is it's weird and awkward and uncomfortable as a subject matter but he feels like a obligation to that and also fear because we hear the the vampire like threatening him and yelling at him in a horrific sounding voice. So like he's operating out of fear. Here, like they're they're taking care of him out of familial obligation, which is that's what the metaphor and the allegory is for, and that's where it works. Is like this, there is this burden on them, and how they respond to the burden is very different. He's worn like Patrick Fugit's character is worn down, tired of helping. He, he want to do to- it. He wants to live his own life. He's tired of what this is making him be. Which is awful because he's a murderer. Which I'm gonna get yeah. to importantly in a second because that's where my biggest complaint with this movie really came in. Um and then the sister feels this like, no, family's the most important thing. We gotta take care of each other. Uh You're not it doesn't her. matter. Yeah. Sorry. Um So all that's there. It 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 works on a premise. I do wish I wish it would have committed to him being a vampire. Like calling it something how do they how did he end up in that situation is this a <laughs> yeah, common problem yeah. like there's so many questions
0: well i they don't so obviously the parents are gone i feel like this is the old family house that they're living in we don't know where the parents are they must be dead
1: yeah did and did then, he kill them
0: and then i don't know um and then oh my god trail of thought. And then also yeah, we don't find out how he becomes a vampire. We don't or whatever. He's a vampire. And um
1: so keep going. Sorry.
0: Oh, I was just going to say and I thought about that and it kind of at first was bothering me, but I don't think that that's what the movie's about. So
1: you're and it doesn't, you're right. You're right, but that's where I have I take issue with it cuz why did he need to be a vampire? Like you could have a lot of the same things and Like, instead of them killing, what if it's just robbing people to get money to pay for the treatments? You know, like, there's other ways to do this. If you're going to commit to the horror, I think you got to commit to that part of the story a little more. I I don't necessarily think you have to answer all the questions. But, dang it, if you're going to make this where, like, they have to kill people? And, like, I mean, I get picky about things. And I understand. I'm not saying the movie has to do it. But I'm saying these are things that would have made me get into it more these are the things that were missing for me
0: i think that it gets it's i think that it starts to hit home really close and i think that i would have run away even before the sister what happens before the sister's demise Mm -hmm. um because i think she's pretty terrible and she does things just to hurt dwight
1: so and I think
0: she's a detestable person. I'm sorry. I would
1: w- I would have liked more of a f- like either make the family tighter so we believe that he'd be willing to kill for them because I-, I don't believe that he's willing I to think kill it's for the them. Guilt thing. But okay, so here's where I really get into problems. The first kill we see, which is right away. Like the movie starts off pretty dark cuz he picks up a homeless guy. Homeless I guy like is immediately guy. like Right, he seemed he seemed pretty cool and he's like I'm not going to suck your mm, And he's like, "That's not what this is. And, like, I'm taking you to a shelter. This isn't a shelter. It's a home. Hits him with what I'm pretty sure is a wiffle ball bat. I want to point that out. Now, that's probably a production issue. But that was a yellow plastic baseball bat. Like, you can't tell me any other difference. It is not a wooden or metal bat. That is a plastic bat that he kills the man with. Now, aside from that, let's let that go.
0: We could have at least gotten a metal baseball bat. I wasn't thinking about that.
1: But, but, but. Maybe there's no good way to fake it because maybe they didn't have stuntmen. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's probably like okay. a logistical reason why they had to do it that way. But that first kill seems very well rehearsed and planned. He waits till the guy is out of the car. He charges him, hits him with the bat. He's clearly done this before, right? That's the vibe that I get. He's not comfortable with it, but it's not the first kill. We're not witnessing this is the beginning of this process. Now, with that in mind, when he captures the actor's name is moses el tavar he plays eduardo he picks eduardo up uh in a similar way i think promising work he's he's having doubts i understand this he's trying to get out of it but he knows he still has to kill this guy why on earth do horror movies do this where a person who has been set up to us to believe that they are trained killers suddenly gets stupid and sloppy yeah because he tries to choke him, he doesn't even like come from behind. like it is the dumbest attempt of killing someone I've ever seen in a horror movie where I'm like, are you for real? You thought that was a good idea Like again, I understand that he doesn't want to. But that doesn't mean you get stupid about it. like he's we've seen him make better choices. there are like that similar again, if we go back to let let the right one in or let me in, Richard Jenkins screws up a kill, but he screws up a kill because someone is coming right? Like there's people that he had not anticipated are around and he has to run. And that's why everything goes wrong. I believe that word. I don't believe this more. So he had to kill out of order because they lost the blood. Like something happened with the blood. I think she knocked it over or something went wrong. And so he had to kill quicker than usual. He wasn't prepared. That's not what's happening here. There's no reason outside of maybe him not uh, again, I understand he doesn't want to do it, but he's doing it anyways. And it doesn't mean you do it terribly because he does it in the worst way you could ever try. Cause the guy's like got all his, he's completely capable of fighting back and does. And again, I don't think that's a, a, an exclusive complaint to this movie. I think this is a bad writing thing in horror where you don't follow your own setup. Like we've seen him kill someone pretty smart. Like he got him at night. He made sure he was alone. He drove him far away and he had a weapon to use <sighs> to surprise him.
0: It was something that kinda like okay, so something that did kind of rub me the wrong way is that he goes out into the woods looking for Eduardo. Eduardo's hiding, but Eduardo goes to him. Yep. So that kinda threw me because he obviously isn't finding him.
1: Well and then and then his plan is to lock him in the shed, which I was I, really irritated when that happened.
0: At that point though, wasn't that after his prostitute friend had been murdered or was that before because i felt like he's really lonely and just wanted to talk to someone but eduardo doesn't speak english
1: he kidnaps him before the prostitute is killed but we don't find out that he's in the shed until the prostitute is killed i'm pretty sure that makes sense um i could be wrong though to be fair but I, but e- either way I, I i agree with your point but It's still like he doesn't have a plan. Like he doesn't have a long term plan for that. And it's like, all right, at this point, you just kill this guy. Because if you're if you're concerned enough about getting caught, which he is. Then you have a loose end that you can't keep, you know, it's just. Yeah, there's too many. It's it's basically it's a plot device so that Eduardo can break out, which also is like, well, dang, how did he break out that easily? And again, why go after them? Why not just run and get the cops? Yeah, you're free. Go get the cops. And let them arrest the people who try to kill you. Like, why would you go after him? Cause it's not like he escapes in the house. He's no. outside of the house and then goes in the house.
0: Like, oh my God. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. so like a lot of that stuff really just didn't sit well with me again, because this is my point though, is the movie's not concerned about the horror stuff. It's just there. It's just the set dressings. And, It's like, well, then don't make it a horror movie. If you don't want to pay attention to like, this guy is a killer and this is how he now kills, like then don't make him a killer. Make him something else that because this movie could be done and has been done without that. I like the idea of doing it as an allegory, but then do it better. You know, do it all the way. Again, it feels like they're wavering to me between the genres rather than committing to to the horror, like commit to the horror. Like it's a cool idea. I love the idea i I found issues with the execution. I've read a lot of reviews. I am in the minority. This movie is very highly regarded, but I uh I was frustrated with a lot of that stuff. So But I'm glad you liked it.
0: Well, I mean now you're ruining it. I mean uh, some <laughs> of the stuff I did, some well, I'm like looking at it more from like the emotional side. Like not yeah. that I'm the kind of person that they are where like family is everything and oh my god i'll protect you i sound like a terrible person but you know what i mean like i'm not no yeah it, it, he obviously doesn't want to be there
1: no agreed yeah
0: he doesn't want to be there but and well, i just I, feel like he's unraveling
1: i think part of his concern too is like if this person had cancer there are two outcomes if you're if you're helping someone with cancer they're either going to die from the disease or they're going to get better Right, like generally speaking, it's one of those two, like very rarely do you just live with cancer forever, and that's what I think he's looking at, is like this is not a cure. We are killing people to feed him, you're
0: prolonging it, but but he's
1: not gonna get better. We have to do this forever, like this is never gonna end. We will have to continually get him blood
0: it's like, and also like their younger brother doesn't want to be. There either he's not even allowed to leave the house. He doesn't have any friends. We see that they have Christmas every month because obviously the kid is unhappy. You know, I was
1: wondering if that was simply out of happiness or maybe because like every month could be his last. Like you know that. Oh, oh, I did not
0: think about that. Um. Yeah, I felt like there is just like a, a general like nobody is happy in this house. Like the sister, she's terrible. I. You know, she ends up watching the prostitute who she sees working outside of her uh, work. She's a waitress um, going with different customers. I don't know the proper word for that. Yeah, um that clients. Um, And then she follows her to the hotel after work one day and then she sees her brother go in. Yeah. And then I really felt like she honed in on this girl now.
1: Well, she was a threat, right? Because if he has somebody else, he doesn't need them kind of thing. Again, I think there's good stuff in this movie. I I was very harsh on it because, to me, I've seen a lot of movies about similar topics of this, like this burden, this idea of the familial obligation, things like that. I've seen a lot of movies that tackle this, Um, some very, very well. Um, I think even uh, not to this level, but Home for the Holidays, right? Like there's the the sister feud is because um, the one sister has left and. The other sister feels like everything comes through me. Like I have to deal with all of this. You don't. And so obviously much different circumstances, but that idea has been in a lot of movies. And I think it's been executed very, very well in a lot of movies and it's not executed poorly here. But what excited me was this prospect of this interesting horror element. And I wanted that to be developed more. And instead it felt like a, like, Hey, we're doing this just so that it's, different but at the end of the day we're still just making the family drama movie and that's irritating to me because like even like at the end of the movie uh he essentially like is free well but he kills the brother right like he takes the window down
0: well the brother wants to
1: right so there's the metaphor for um assisted suicide right like which is a big controversial topic Uh, If somebody is unhappy with their life and they know that this is how they're going to have to live the rest of their life, shouldn't they be able to choose when they they leave? And it's a big hot button, you know, been debated for years, uh, probably decades. Um, So, again, really interesting topic, but that's not ever really broached. Like, imagine if that conversation happened instead of him whining about wanting to go outside and the sister saying no. What if that starts it? And then he's like, well, then why can't I just die? That doesn't get brought up. But that could have been a really cool, like debated scene, right? Where that scene really pays off. If I can't have this, then what kind of life can I even have? How is sitting here a life for any of us? And that's never addressed. And then he like the whole, the thing with the kid from outside with the paper airplane, I like that scene. I think that kid does a really good job with his role. Um, he's trying to be a nice guy, um, you know, and he reacts in a way that I think
0: makes sense. Holding the knife in the sink and hiding. Yeah. Him. I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. And he lets him go. And I understand why, because he doesn't want to do it anymore. But, like, the sister just seems so detached. I think she's a sociopath. I don't really know. Um, but, like, even when I can't, she gets stabbed in the stomach. Yeah. And then she's laying in the bathtub and she's cold and she's about to die. And she's like, well, you better drink my blood. You better. We shouldn't waste it. She's so just.
1: The scene with the the friend, though, or quote unquote friend, when he offers oh. him nonchalantly the glass of blood. <laughs> Sorry, excuse
0: me. I, I started to say a word we don't usually. <laughs> I'm like, your brother and sister don't drink it. Why do you think that he would drink it? And
1: that furthers my complaints about this movie. It's like, does this kid know what's going on with him? Like, that's, label it, man. Give it something. Because I have so many questions. Has he always been like that? How did he end up like that? Did they ever see a doctor? How did they find out he needed blood? Like, there's so many questions.
0: Yeah. Well, there also something I was just thinking about is, like, Patrick Fugit's character seems older, the sister, I don't really know about her. But then the brother seems much, much younger. You know what I mean? He seems and, really...
1: And that's why I think we needed some backstory about the parents. Like, did they leave? Did they die? Did they kill them? Did they kill themselves to defeat? Because there is an interesting thing. Again, the movie doesn't take the time to go into this. But Patrick Fugit gives him his own blood. And... Yeah. And, but... The kid seems to know creepy. it. Right. Yeah. I was like, is he going to go after him? It never pays off. It, except, I guess, it pays off that he's, like, eating the sister. Like, at after she dies, like, he's, like, biting on her neck or whatever.
0: Dude, that... And he... Uh, Dwight's character just, like, reacts to that. He doesn't even, like, ask questions. It's just, like, get off of her. Yeah. But that scene that you were just talking about, where he knew it was his blood that scene did creep me out a little yes, bit because i'm like you just sleep with the door open man we already saw some we saw some scenes of that you know
1: it's the only time he's he seemed menacing too because he's like licking it off the floor and stuff too like oh um, yeah it, it, like the, the, a lot of the other times it's just like okay it's gross like i didn't enjoy watching her like pour the blood soup down his throat um in the bowl like the first scene or whatever um and, but like that first scene i had so much i was like oh oh he's like a vampire okay this is interesting and i just i never it, they don't do enough I with it. it they just they hinted all these interesting he's just a burden he is and that's again it's the allegory i'm fine with the allegory but again i feel like if you're gonna make it an allegory commit to it like go all in on this vampire thing like it's an interesting idea because vampirism is often depicted in in vampire movies as a disease, right? Or as a virus or whatever. Cool. Let's what if it was just a disease like a deteriorating eat you alive type disease? Because there's just so many questions that again, it's like you you replace this with something more sensible like something real, a cancer, etc. The movie still works. It, it maybe it doesn't have the cool like angle of stand out, but to me that angle feels like oh look at us but really we just are not concerned with the horror stuff at all like that's what it feels like to me and again obviously that's my my take on it um that's my biggest criticism is it just feels like it didn't really care about being a vampire movie that it was it it definitely was borrowing from but at the end of the day it was like no no we just want the drama and again i think they execute the drama stuff pretty well but it's that those lingering elements for me that I just can't get past. Okay, fine. Anything else uh you want to to mention before we wrap up?
0: I would like to know where you thought that the Dwight performance was a little lacking.
1: I'm trying to remember. Um it was it was in some of the dialogue scenes. I just can't remember which if it was with Eduardo or if it was with um
0: it, It's so sad to me because like, the only interaction with other people that he gets for some reason, because it doesn't seem that he has a job, is with the sex worker and with the people that he's kidnapping and murdering. And then, like, she's such a like, she's a cold person. There We see in two scenes with her action, uh, interactions with other people, you should smile more. And then she does what i would do (laughs) like like terrible (laughs) smile you know and then like her coworker, they're rolling silver silverware and she's like oh what are you doing after work and she just like stares at her and doesn't even respond and it's like she doesn't even need that interaction but she has it and he doesn't really have it and he needs it and maybe it's because she does and can have it i don't know but she's a terrible person yeah
1: um, I will if I ever rewatch this. I will make a note of specifically he's when he's never
0: rewatching this movie. It, probably
1: not. Um, <laughs> but Fair. again, I do think it's a. I like the idea, and I'd love to see it done with someone really embracing the horror elements a little more, and it not just being a part of the the set dressing. So, um, that's Fair. it for our episode of My Hearts Can't Beat Unless You Tell It to I would say it's not a total waste of time, and I'm guessing maybe. Not quite golden for
0: you. I feel like you talked me down a little bit. I would go with the decent watch, but leaning towards not quite golden.
1: All I can say, folks, if you've listened to this show, I bring the yes, arguments, uh, and I, I, I often am, I'm arguing you in the positive direction. I don't know how many times I've brought you down uh, a movie before, but you know I do. I come with I true. come with thoughts. Um, I don't look to bash because again, I'm glad this movie was made. I I like that film. People get to make movies. I I want them to keep trying. Some are going to work for me. Some aren't, and that is completely fine. Not every movie is made for me. If this movie worked for you, enjoy it, love it, embrace it. There's nothing wrong with you liking it. I mean that to you, Corey, but I mean that to everybody. I uh, that's kind of my my uh, approach to film criticism in in the future and from this point forward is I will share my thoughts. I will share my opinions. I'm not looking to hurt any of the filmmakers or actors' feelings. In most cases, I can't swear that I'll never go after somebody. I have been pretty harsh on Claire Danes for years, but um, I, I, I love that movies exist, and I love that people keep getting to make them. And I understand that sometimes art will speak to me, and other times I'm just going to see paint splatter on a canvas, and I won't understand why people spent ten thousand dollars on it. And that's okay because that art wasn't for me. So if this movie worked for you, good job uh i'm glad that you found joy in this where i was not um that said that concludes 2021 folks year five of movie club podcast is over uh we have collectively watched over 250 movies at this point um on this show which means we have over 250 episodes uh and that's crazy um because it doesn't feel like we've been doing this that long but we have we're not done yet, though, folks. We are going to stay at least at least for one more year. Hopefully, this never ends. But for sure, we're going into 2022 with this on our agenda. We have committed to doing this uh, week after week. Hopefully, you're enjoying the show. Otherwise, we're just talking to each other, which we enjoy. So it works for us either way. But next year, uh, we're not going to go through all the themes right now. But we're going to tell you what we're going to start with. So in 2022, we're jumping into... Uh, best picture winners that we haven't seen. That's going to be our theme for January. Um, we have picked four best picture winners that Corey or, or myself have not seen. I actually have seen both of Corey's. Um, but uh, we're going to be starting with The Artist right away. That's going to be our first movie of 2022. Um, then we're going to do In the Heat of the Night, Shakespeare in Love, and A Beautiful Mind. Um all in January of 2022, and then we'll get into uh, after our first episode of 2022. We'll we'll talk about the rest of the year, but for now, that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss the artist. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on social media at Burke Reviews for myself and Corey,
0: at Corey our Star Two Arts on the end.
1: And if you like what we're doing over at Burke Reviews Movie Club, we ask that you take just a moment to rate and review the podcast on whatever app you're listening to us on, whether it's Apple Podcast or uh Spotify, which now has added a rating feature. Give us that five-star review if you like what we're doing so that other people find the show and hopefully also like what we're doing. Um, We'll be back next year, hopefully a good one. Hopefully 2022 is uh that that part of that bell curve that starts to go up again. Um, You know, we've had the downward trajectory Maybe before we hit the ground, it'll start to come up. Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, we can find out together, week after week, as we watch movies to try to distract ourselves from the pain that is reality. Thanks so much for listening, and keep watching movies.
0: Hey, this is Matt from What I Watched Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think.
1: This has been a Berk Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com